Welcome to another episode of the Unreasonable Art of Living. I'm your host, Gerhard Molin, currently from Helsinki. And as always, enjoy the music. Welcome back to episode number six, the second guest episode. So amazing. Uh, first things first, though, I hope you're doing fine wherever you are. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. It means a lot to me. And I just finished recording the guest episode with Emilia. Uh, absolutely fantastic conversation. Emilia and I, we met two years ago, more or less two years ago at Wunderdog, a quite big tech company, consulting tech consulting company in Helsinki. I worked there as a Wunder software consultant and she was the head of HR and people operations at Wunderdog with a background in social psychology. And uh, yeah, she's very like her thesis or topic was back then uh, about self-determination theory and uh, yeah, quite fascinating stuff. And yeah, I remember like, Back then, so at Wunderdog, I remember this quite clearly. Like I thought like, wow, I mean, the, the company itself was amazing, but still there was something within me uh, that surfaced and I kind of like developed this starting symptoms of burnout mixed with probably just anxiety of, about life. And yeah, I realized uh, through my Lumi method, okay, something's not right. And Emilia, I remember that that's why she did such a fantastic job in supporting. But also, besides that, we had already back then shared a very wonderful foundation for conversations, uh, very deep. You know, like sometimes you meet people in life where you can touch upon topics, deep topics quite fast. And uh, yeah, that um, was definitely the case of Amelia. And little did I know, or... I kind of sensed there was something cooking in her that uh, after two years, it was um, quite a journey she uh, undertook. And um, yeah, I followed her on Instagram and her journey. And uh, yeah, from a lead high-tech, high you know, like lead position in the tech industry, she had the courage to follow her heart and use her soul to go the path of the unreasonable the path of uncertainty and uh, nowadays she is um, a becoming kundalini yoga teacher her certification or like her program i think uh, ends soon i think in october if i'm if i'm completely uh, wrong and um, yeah i think she yeah she followed her heart and yeah uh, i won't share more i think she will it's a fascinating story very inspiring story for sure so before we get started, just a little recap about uh, episode five. I asked them, I asked if, you know, like to send me questions and I received some beautiful uh, podcast listener questions. Thank you so much. I will unravel them in the next episode. And currently I'm planning to have, if I have uh, guests lined up, to have at least one episode in between where it's just me soloing. <laughs> and next episode I will get into the uh, so to say, podcast questions. 
And yeah, thank you so much. Again, it's every week. There's no week where I'm not so absolutely grateful for all the feedback and people reaching out and, you know, just having these conversations based off an episode. I'm so thankful for that. So yeah, really warms my heart. Thanks for all the ratings. And if you want to support this, the podcast and you have, haven't, haven't done so yet, give it a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Share it with a friend. But most importantly, as always, keep enjoying it. That is all that matters. But without further ado, enjoy the beautiful guest episode with Emilia. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is the second guest episode of the Unreasonable Art of Living podcast. And today I have a very special guest, Emilia. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, it's so exciting to be here for sure. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello. I think it's so funny because uh, we're sitting here in the Nolly Studios in my apartment with this crazy podcast setup. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, you just came from a boat trip, didn't you? Yeah, I just came from the boat trip. And like uh, uh, when it comes to this podcast episode and being here as a guest and also being a boat owner kind of things, <laughs> two years ago, none of this would have been possible for me. So uh, wow. it's uh, it has been a growth journey. Absolutely. In many ways. So let's maybe start for, how do we meet, Emilia? Oh, yes. Uh, we met at Wunderdoc, mm -hmm. uh, tech company, tech consultant, consultancy. Uh, we were both working at, um, I was leading the people operations there, and you were the coder there. Exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, I have actually very fond memories of, uh, I've never met someone in people's operation with uh, such engagement and heart. You put so much heart into like making people feel hurt, but also like, yeah, really be a proactive approach into mental health, occupational health, and kind of like, I already sensed some spiritual sense you wanted to kind of like bring to people's heart. And um, so now you're, so are you still at Wunderdog or where, what are you doing now? Oh yeah. And uh, thanks Gerhard. Appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, it's lovely to hear that. And I feel like kind of seen and um, it was so many, many ways, a very uh, important era of the life and mm. the work I did. Um, yeah, actually not working there anymore. I quit my um, like job or my contract ended in the end of January mm -hmm. and I'm now spending um, the year of sabbatical. Mm -hmm. um, I try to keep um, out of work one year and um, kind of do whatever excites me, let the creativity flow, um, practice yoga. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to talk about it later mm -hmm. on for sure. And uh, yeah, just like um, have the unreasonable art of living era. It's beautiful. So, because like, I said, I think there was a sense at Wunderdog where I kind of sense like, oh, hmm. I think we had also a very like uh, beautiful conversation. I think we, you helped me a lot in a very tough time where kind of like, I would say it was a beginning of burnout syndrome, so like a lot of anxiety about life. But then we had these conversations like, wow, quite a deep understanding about uh, many other things. And I was curious because now you're not at Wunderdog anymore and you kind of like had this courage to try something completely different and follow your heart. Mm. Do you remember when this feeling started in you that there's something you should try? Oh, yeah. 
first of all, I remember our conversation very well, and I felt like you had uh, like a urge to go, and I wanted to support it, and not only kind of keep you or try to force you to stay or try to only like uh, try to feel better in that context if that wasn't the best for you and uh, yeah but for me the time I was thinking about these uh, things it's been many years ago already Um, maybe as soon as I graduated from university and Mm -hmm. started my first um, tech industry industry job um, a lot of these feelings were there um, but I was a kind of very career Mm-hmm. orientated and focused kind of to high performance mm-hmm. in some of the categories as you can like uh, um, consider that and um, yeah the only right time was now in the beginning of this year and just the context so what was your degree where did you start off oh yeah so uh, i'm also a psychologist mm-hmm. um, i kind of um, my focus was in organizational psychology mm-hmm. and uh, management and communications. So that's where I like kind of started from the career stuff also. Um, yeah. Wow. I mean, like, all right, psychologist, tech company. Yeah. Um, psychologist or psychiatrist? Social psychologist. So, okay, what's the difference? Oh, yeah, this is a very familiar <laughs> question. Uh, so, um, as I like to explain it, um, psychologist is more like individually focused, mm-hmm. and social psychologist is kind of um, more orientation, more towards um, like human to human interaction, ah. group processes, mm-hmm. organizational contexts. So, very much all the social phenomena and individual mm-hmm. in the middle of it um, not only the kind of your brain chemistry or something like that oh wow cool yeah. thank you for this explanation i didn't know that actually sounds very very cool yeah yeah and it was under the kind of um um yeah it was in the uni under the social sciences right i mean like i think you remember you you told me you reached kind of like your career goals like kind of like very ambitious in a very short amount of time, so to say, very early in your career. And um, I would like to kind of like tap into this moment where you reached that goal, and but you felt like when you reached it, how did it feel in the end? Yeah. Yeah, it was also like always my dream uh, to be this young um, kind of... Um, leadership kind of position and have mm-hmm. it and uh, perform well in it and so on so kind of everything what I wished for happened and 2020 uh, it was a very dark and heavy period in many times but in many ways but like I got the call that I started at Wonderdog mm-hmm. and I was able to have um, this kind of uh, cool job in a young age in my 30s uh, a bit before actually and uh, kind of um, do that and the feeling was is, is this it like uh, now I kind of have it and like um, it fills my days but something is kind of not there mm-hmm. um, and um, I didn't feel kind of content but also a lot of processes started back then it was a corona I felt also burnout symptoms um, then there was one like relationship ended and um, yeah, the whole world kind of 
locked locked down mm-hmm. as we all know and remember very well or maybe not that well anymore <laughs> but <laughs> still so a um, lot of lot of different kind of swifts happened back mm-hmm. then but one of the feelings was that um, is this it and the tiredness and the kind of identity crisis and uh, uh, value base and everything were knocking on the door and asking me questions uh, I wasn't able to answer mm-hmm because now you in the you're in the process of finishing your kundalini education or training but yeah. you started already earlier with yoga What, yeah. when was it how many years ago um 2016 2016 yeah so it kind of like was in parallel as you kind of like were this ambitious person who reached for these leadership positions do you feel like um as you were practicing yoga this inner voice became stronger and stronger that, um, yeah, there's something missing. Definitely. Yeah. When you kind of turn inwards and, mm-hmm. um, uh, start that journey, um, definitely like the conflict or the, if you're not doing the right things, the voice definitely like increases. And I think it also w- was, a, we were able to see it in my yoga practice as well. First, it was very kind of, Ashtanga or hot Bikram or hot 90 plus two kind of um, heavy practice. Mm-hmm. And then slowly um, I discovered other forms of yoga and 2019, then Kundalini yoga. We And uh, it's a very transformational practice. So it goes very aligned with all the changes I've made in life and right. decisions. And so just for context, so... Because you said like the Ashtanga yoga, yoga was first. Is it more, how would you describe it? Because you said, like, was it more bodily focused or? Exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah, like my yoga was also a performance, kind okay. of um, very strong and heavy and, you know, a lot of acrobatics, flexibility, mm-hmm. 40 degrees in the studio. Oh, wow. Sweating there. And <laughs> I remember this one time when I had this kind of um hot Bikram, hot yoga challenge, two weeks every day, uh, one and a half hours in this 40 degrees room. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, well, I wouldn't recommend that for like anyone just to Mm -hmm. go. And it was very heavy, but you know, I needed to have the force in that field as well, kind of to be able to turn inwards. So how do you think it kind of helped you to kind of like then move inwards? Because first it sounds like this intense bodily experience but it doesn't yeah it didn't really go deep into your soul like how do you think it kind of like when when did this transition happen uh well actually if there is a very like strong um bodily focused exercise also it kind of forces you to be present in the moment mm-hmm. so that was maybe the only way i could ah. do it um if i was in yin yoga or something more relaxing and calming and stretching you know, your mind just goes crazy and yeah. you need to think about yeah. shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, not so kind of easy, maybe. I did that as well, but I was more focused on the bodily, heavy, yeah. uh, like strong bodily experiences. This just reminds me, I think, um, I, I think we met a few days ago and we just had a beautiful chat. And I told you about um, what I had noticed, witnessed about Wim Hof. And I think this just reminded me what you just told me that you sometimes need this heavy, intense bodily experience really work like a sledgehammer to come into presence and have like this complete awareness. So, all right, this is, so this, this is how you got into kind of like, kind of like this 
handbrake, just like, hey, stop. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, that's true. I'm not saying that's uh, at all bad thing, mm -hmm. but also like um, um, as a like a representative of feminine energy as mm -hmm. well. I was very much working from my masculine side and mm. a lot of performing mm -hmm. and control and so on. And feminine as a essence is kind of flowy and um, more cycli cyclical mm -hmm. and uh, kind of... Um, so um, I've also wanted to discover that part of me and it I, I like I connected very much to performing when it comes to yoga and the career and stuff like the masculine energy side mm -hmm. also wanting now and embracing more the feminine side and the creativity and the letting go and resting and everything like that mm -hmm. so then how would you because I think this is probably very interesting to hear the process that kind of like happened been, but when did you make this oh When did you reach the point that you decided, all right, I'm going to quit now my tech job at Wunderdog, probably well paid, really good position, really good benefits, good company as well. And I need to try something now that is completely unreasonable and full of uncertainty. Do you remember still this period of your time? And could you walk us through the steps to kind of like, all right, now it's the time. Yeah, maybe it was also offered uh, on a plate a bit oh, for me okay. because um, the wounded dog contract was permanent. Mm -hmm. So like um, I already told to the bosses there that uh, when it ends, I would like to keep some kind of traveling period or free time. So during the three years I was working there, I was working there. Um, uh, I knew that when I will leave the company, I will have some kind of time off. Mm -hmm. um, it varied, was it like one month or just completely let it all go and so on. So, but it was like coming there. And okay. it was also kind of when I was, when I started the job, I was very tired already. Like, um, yeah, it was heavy time. So I knew like, this is not going to be like permanent. It gave me a lot of relief actually. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> Um, I think it went very well in many sense. Uh, but um, yeah, um, 2020 was the time when I kind of thought everything, started to think about stuff and like where to focus in the future and mm -hmm. like uh, what to do. And I felt like the job I had was on the side and something something more important is still, still there to discover. Mm -hmm. And also like sometimes these decisions are actually not really... How do you say? Oh, this was an, an email. <laughs> this will be on the podcast. <laughs> wow, it's nice. <laughs> I told the media, like, it's don't worry about it. It's going to be imperfect in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, put your phone down and so on. <laughs> and then the email. email comes in. Yeah. <laughs> Pow. Pow. Yeah. So sometimes these decisions can like to go towards this uncertainty are most of the time, not even like this, they don't come from the head. There's like more like this bodily decision it's more like this exactly. more feeling isn't it a, yeah for sure and uh like uh, as a very fresh kundalini yoga teacher i think that practice has helped me a lot mm -hmm. to get the connection with the mind body heart mm -hmm. and like um like at the moment i don't know what i'm going to do next in my life just um of course i will teach yoga but it's mm -hmm. not like i will do it like full time but i have this huge um 
confidence or certainty certainty mm -hmm. in, in me that I feel like I'm in the very right like uh, place in life and I'm doing just exactly right stuff and taking the time off no you know this kind of stress what's next and something I don't have it at all mm -hmm. it's crazy of course sometimes some like um, um, some of it can pop into the surface of my mind but it's not like the core feeling I have of it right and, and I feel that that practice and daily meditation yeah. has helped me a lot with that beautiful it sounds like your heart mind and soul are aligned in a sense I think yeah. more than ever Probably. Yeah, I put my Lumi score, what we did before this, <laughs> mental health five. Amazing. Yeah, so, uh, and that's the best you can give to it. Absolutely. Yeah. So now, because I'm very curious to hear more about Kundalini Yoga. So now you embarked on this journey to become a, yeah, Kundalini Yoga teacher. Yes. Um, yeah, so when did it start to practice? How has it been? Yeah, maybe start for when did it start and maybe... Tell a bit more what Kundalini Yoga is. Mm, for sure. Um, during the dark night of the soul or the dark <laughs> uh, period of my time, 2020, um, I accidentally, or uh, putting this... Mm -hmm. The uh, bunny, bunny ears? Bunny the ears, fingers. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I went to Kundalini Yoga retreat in Finland um, mm -hmm. and my teachers there, and uh, they are still my teachers, they started this journey with me, kind of. Um, it's a couple over their 50s, the wisest people, one of the wisest people I know. Uh, I went there accidentally and um, it was like a um, huge experience. I didn't like Kundalini Yoga at all at okay. first, yeah. Uh, but the philosophy spoke to me very strongly. Mm -hmm. uh, but the practice was very confrontational. Uh, also, like, um, kind of heavy practice, but not the similar way as the Ashtanga or the other strong um, yoga posture forms. Uh, it's very simple, many times, kind of um, something very simple, meditative, repetitive, uh, of course, strong breathing exercises mm -hmm. as well. And uh, we use mantra to mantra, create yeah. vibration in our uh, be to our beings uh, so those are like one of the kundalini yoga specialties mm -hmm. um, but i like to describe it as um, as well as um, steps to kind of uh, widen your consciousness mm -hmm. um, and it puts your kind of three wisdom centers or the head um, heart body um like together mm -hmm. um, it helps with that a lot create space in you mm -hmm. it's it's very beautiful and transformative practice for sure and what did you mean at the beginning confrontational confrontational not pleasant not pleasant yes in uh, what form yeah oh wow uh, this could go very deep <laughs> uh, because um, behind kundalini yoga like philosophy there is the ideology that we have a 10 different bodies and mm -hmm. instead of only the physical one so um not sure like from where that like kind of hesitation towards the practice came from from mm -hmm. it was many times also a bit physical feeling but then again i think it was more coming from my mind mm -hmm. like resisting that now you're going some somewhere just stay with the, your comfort zone mm -hmm. and do not come there. This is something uh, you don't want to go. And like, uh, uh, but as a very kind of, um, 
I have a very strong will, so mm -hmm. kind of wanted to go through go and yeah. toward, towards that and find out what is there. And uh, yeah, I think um, in my previous episode I talked about exactly this: your your monster cookie or your inner shadow. In a sense, he this counterpart tried to protect you from pain. Exactly to like it or she or he or whatever it is. Mm. Kind of knew, all right. Stay in the comfort zone. Mm. It's nice here, but uh, it's kind of paradoxical that we have to put so much energy into this to break through, experience pain. But then on the other side, when we go through that experience, it's how would you describe it? Yeah, just wanted to add yeah. that like many times people are willing to take the familiar pain mm -hmm. instead of the unknown liberation, for example, mm -hmm. or the uncertainty because it's more nicer to be something you know even though it's not working or painful to let go of something familiar they're ready to handle a lot of pain instead of kind of going forward oh that's a beautiful perspective that's so true because there's the flip side to it because like staying in a comfort zone doesn't mean it's always nice because there's a lot of pain attached to it as well exactly beautiful wow yeah, yeah it, it was very well written somewhere but mm -hmm. this is my perception of kind of that and it spoke to me very much and yeah. gave me also strength to kind of go forward and make the transformations I felt like would be lovely or needed but I didn't just have the courage kind of wow I mean yeah it's it's in the end it's certain pain versus uncertain pain mm. and exactly what do we find in yeah. the end but you cannot avoid the pain no there's yeah. always it's uh, I think um, it's a big question why do we have to experience it but also like I guess it's just how nature operates. I mean, yeah. in any time of growth, there is new formations of, let's call it, you know, if you want to say scientific, maybe new neuron paths mm. are being formed. Um, and they don't come without, exactly. let's say, effort. Yeah, it's just to try to kind of uh, create a relation to pain mm -hmm. and not to avoid it. I think that's the key, what yeah, you need yeah. to kind of do in this life so you can make the transformation, get familiar, your pains, your sorrows, kind of let the life mm -hmm. move you and feel it all. And and there, uh, of course, it's it's not, you know, the nicest job, but, but I just feel that every one of us would benefit so much of facing really the painful stuff. Mm -hmm. And then how has Kundalini Yoga helped you to face that pain compared to Ashtanga yoga, for example. Yeah. Um, I think like a lot of the, mm, from example, vinyasa flow yoga, this kind of uh, Ashtanga, for example, they were so bodily focused. Uh, I, it was like a lot of the outer uh, postures and kind of, um, or like the body postures and um Asanas foc in focus and in Kundalini Yoga there is um, when there is this like simple repetitive movement for example a lot of breathing exercises exercises it triggers stuff from your unconsciousness mm -hmm. and um, from your different layers of your system uh, and uh, brings them to the surface uh, maybe you could have that experience as well with mm -hmm. Asanga and flow but for me the Kundalini Yoga did that mm -hmm. uh, and um, for example um, when we are like um, nervous systems are in 
fight or flight state, uh, then for example, yin yoga or something can be very calming. And if you do Kundalini yoga, it can be very triggering. But um, also, I think some of my students said it very well that some of the other yoga forms kind of cool you down or like um, make you make you soothe it or like uh, soft and kundalini yoga transforms and a bit triggers mm. but um, that's only one perspective of course there's a few things i just um onto that i think that you mentioned something interesting the fight or flight mode mm. and i think there was um i forgot his name i have it somewhere in my show notes not in this episode but in the past I was a neuroscientist and he also looked into what happens when we experience anxiety for example and in this state of mind, there's like so much energy being used with this anxious state that we are not, we are completely like, cannot be aware even. Like this, just being aware and present is not possible. And I think what you just mentioned, like being, finding this calmness, but also like through breath work to come back, mm. to be aware mm. and to see. And I think... um I think breath works are most the most powerful things because like, yeah, all you need is, is your body and your, your breath breathing exercises. Exactly. It's your superpower for yeah. sure. A superpower we use too little. And uh, I think all of yoga is quite good and mm -hmm. it's also trending at the moment. I, I don't think it's a bad trend. No. Of course, you can go, <laughs> go very far with anything, but uh, I think there is a lot of good, good things when it's now on the surface. Uh, but yeah, strong breathing exercises are very much part of Kundalini Yoga, and mm -hmm. uh, also it like um, the patterns inside of the practice are going from a stress to relief, stress mm -hmm. to relief. Mm -hmm. So all the time, kind of this structure, and um, it kind of teaches our system from the fight or flight to the kind of more calm mm -hmm. um, uh, space. And uh, yeah, I think that's one of the most uh, genius things with the practice. And then how would you say, now that you have, you know, you credited in so socio-psychology. 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 Socio. Yeah, maybe that as well, but yeah, social-psychology, yeah. <laughs> okay, yes, let's go for that. <laughs> so now that you have, you know, you have um, kind of like this Western university degree, and now you go went to the other way, to that extreme where ancient knowledge. Mm -hmm. What do you do with them, both sides? How can you marry them? Where do they? Where the shortcomings of each? And like, what have you learned about yourself? But also, like, of both sides, in a, in a sense. Oh, big questions. Yeah, yeah. I think they support completely, like each other. Mm -hmm. um, social phenomena are kind of um, in both. Uh, perspectives or traditions very present um i think social psychology came f that i went to that school or that uni or that degree came from the same interest mm -hmm. i still have when i kind of searched the yogic science and mm -hmm. uh, the ancient wisdom traditions it's um like to understand the humanity and the people and all the kind of things underlying being here very well uh, i think the philosophies and the spiritual spirituality goes deeper than the kind of interaction processes mm -hmm. and like the more maybe practical or visible kind of things of course in social psychology also a lot of like this kind of 
attitude research and um, why people do what they do mm-hmm. and so on. But um, I think um, the spiritual world gives a lot of kind of meaningfulness to that and some kind of direction to your soul from karma to dharma, for example, mm-hmm. and uh, something worth of kind of crapping into crap onto or yeah, yeah. so so um i think it's like the same path from social psychology to kundalini yoga and to go even more deeper or more mm-hmm. even kind of um universal phenomena as you know all the wisdom traditions have been here before the thousands of years yeah exactly they are older than anything basically yeah. <laughs> so so um yeah i don't feel like they are like somehow against each other, just the same phenomena, different lenses. Different lenses. And I think often it's also like we have like all this ancient wisdom and really ancient methods that um, have been practiced for thousands of years. And only in the last 10, 20, 30 years, we kind of like learned or had, had ways to kind of like validate them. Exactly. And I think the only maybe criticism we might have is like that it was easy to neglect or ignore such ancient wisdoms and methods, which is okay because there's a lot of there's a lot of like sorry to say bullshit out there, mm. but there's many 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 beautiful things, and I think this is what I saw as like the shortcoming. And also, I think this was my question out to you: How did you? Because like this was also like I had to deal with myself. How did you learn to embrace? Yes, I am spiritual. Yes, I embrace this ancient wisdom and this ancient methods. Mm. What was your process with that? And like, when did you start being comfortable and confident to express this to your family and your friends? Mm. Yeah. Um, practicing, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, uh, maybe some breakthroughs I've had like uh, during the past year only. So kind of, um, yeah, it's a new thing that I'm here speaking about the spiritual side of me and like that I want to embrace and all the all the stuff. It um it's been also a trend or like kind of thing in my life to um go uh the thing like go uh for the things I am afraid of. Mm-hmm. So it's <laughs> been a very conscious decision to do that and uh kind of uh let that liberate me and mm-hmm. get the freedom of going towards those things that I'm afraid of and uh it's part of that practice or learning as wow. well and um yeah i i think like when when i have the kind of doubts and the hesitation i i always rely on my daily practice the meditation yeah. which gives me the space it's i have had it like a bit over a year now mm-hmm. so it's my daily space to kind of soothe and um kind of um observe the mind and be just present mm-hmm. and like um have a big cry if i need it and uh <laughs> beautiful you know feel everything you need to feel and then then kind of um go forward after that and it has gave me this kind of secure feeling and uh, it's like kind of my sanctuary and this kind of um beautiful place where i recalibre if mm-hmm. i had the doubts yeah. of anything and I've noticed how it changed me and the life. So I'm a walking example of what are the benefits of it. Mm. Um, so I can more confidently speak about it as well. And not saying it's for all or everybody should 
do it, maybe it would be good. But <laughs> not really saying there is so many different journeys Absolutely. and ways. But um, yeah, difficult to say what what all has affected me. Of course, supportive people as well. Mm-hmm. And I, like you, we find like um, similar minded mm-hmm. people or people who are talking about um, same matters. Um, even though the lens would be a bit different, I find it very inspiring as well. Absolutely. And I think that's for me the most inspiring thing. I think I was like that. I remember like, um, I don't know, when I was a teenager, 16, 17, early 20s, and I would, in a sense, my inner, like there was always like this slight curiosity about spirituality, but there was this ego and my mind was like, no, nah, that's, you know, that's just, I don't know, mm-hmm. don't go there. But I think, once you actually understand that spirituality and these methods, there, there's nothing, how to say it, it's actually very practical. It's just, just like mm. very simple things, just like, you know, living a life in awareness and just in alignment of who you truly are in a sense and mm-hmm. embracing life. It's very simple. There's no, you don't need a Jesus Christ for that. Yeah. You don't need any personification of God. Yeah. I think that was the, yeah, I think I mentioned the biggest mistake probably in Western society that the institution, the church has done to kind of like label spirituality in such a weird way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I go to this spiritual cool school uh, called Kehtokoulu and um, the main thing in there is that they try to, or they teach spirituality in that sense. It's not uh, related to one dogma mm-hmm. or ism uh, just kind of um, the underlying phenomena uh, of the spiritual world and the different wisdom traditions. And I, I know that this kind of Christianity or Buddhism or some of them, it's easy to kind of, you get the kind of frame or the context where to practice. And many times it's also good for you to go deeper, uh, but it's not the only way kind of to do that. And yeah, there is a lot of, lot of problems or uh, like... Um, abuse done in the name of um, like spiritual institutions Mm -hmm. and um, yeah it's very harmful for the spirituality as well absolutely which is very humane and uh, maybe not uh, or we were actually talking about it in the with couples also psychologists there is the value kind of circle with swarts um, Mm -hmm. and uh, is it like the main uh, like one of the you know um fundamental needs we have as a human beings uh, but uh, maybe it's a bit controversial yeah i mean like in the end there is i think a beautiful need we all feel to some extent to understand i don't understand just feeling this connectness to all of it that mm-hmm. we're like belong belong to long to belong i long to belong yes mm-hmm. and i think it's it's the most natural thing we can have as humans yeah 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 so Back to Kundalini Yoga. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, there was one, just before the show started, you mentioned about, uh, also like one passion pro- topic about myself, creativity. And I think you mm-hmm. mentioned how important it was for you, I would say to deep program some of your, I don't know, like, how would you say? attitudes, view on world, you as a like, what is feminine energy or what does it mean to be a woman in this world? Mm. What does it mean to be a man in this world? Yeah. I think uh, you meant you, you, I think you, what did you say? I think you had like 
the creativity edition. Yeah, exactly. The creative feminine life force. I mm. think that's how you framed it. It oh, was yeah, actually your word. It's <laughs> yeah. Amelia. It's my word. Yeah. So that's a powerful statement. You know, creativity, feminine, and life force. Like three, like four beautiful words. Yeah. <laughs> I will live for them or buy them. Uh, the Kundalini is a word, means like um, circled or um, it's it is kind of. You could call it life force, a feminine life force um, shakti. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the philosophy goes like that: you uh, you can like um, awaken it through your uh, spine. There is different kind of energy channels um, in our bodies, and uh, you kind of um, get the energy. Uh, flowing with the practice you can do it with dancing or meditation or other ways but kundalini yoga is a specialized kind of um, practice for to awaken that energy and uh, for me uh, it's been a slow process but i feel like very much alive very well mm-hmm. um, very kind of um, connected to the world not isolated at all so this is kind of very very visible practical things it can create for you mm-hmm. um and it's also a lot of a lot of um being in my feminine essence as well mm-hmm. uh and let kind of the energy flow there and um uh, also kind of uh, one question i had for you was right. that <laughs> was <laughs> that um I spoke a bit about the feminine kind of and how i'm trying to create a, new, a bit more relationship with my feminine core and wanted to ask have you done this kind of work with the masculinity and now not saying that uh, only women are feminine Mm. men are masculine Mm -hmm. all of us and all the kind of surroundings have the both essences Mm -hmm. um, uh, in them but uh, wanted to ask have you been kind of yourself working with that um and mm-hmm. s- s- kind of strengthening or getting to know your feminine side and masculine side and so on that's a beautiful question um it was actually quite recent where i thought a lot about the polarities not just i mean like i think that's very important to mention uh, because when we all have both energies within us the masculine and feminine and we need also the polarity with uh yeah female and male mm-hmm. and like to Yin yang. Yin yang, mm. you know. Everything. Everything. <laughs> um, it was definitely through a few things. Like I've, I said, like I've been meditating for many years. I've tried many different ways. And I remember, so what, especially with my masculine energy, but I've, and also like it's important to, because it's so important in the context. When we talk about masculine energy, we don't talk about machoism or being like this muscular dude who just like, you know, doesn't show feelings or empathy or compassion. Mm. Masculinity is more like um, the ability to kind of like lead, provide, be a clear or like stable anchor point for the feminine energy to strive around. Mm. It's kind of like, I think I would describe it the best as a water drop. Mm. You know, like the water drop is kind of like surrounded by this like beautiful surface. And within this water, there's chaos. Mm. And the surface is the masculine energy and the chaos is the feminine. 
Yeah. But it's all beautifully in a shape. It's not chaotic. It's not like, it's not anarchy. It's still like a form. Mm. And so six years ago, when I failed with my startup, I think it was, uh, it took, I think it all mentions briefly, but it, it didn't know how long it actually has affected me mm. and to get over with. It was uh, failing with my startup, but also like before I came to Helsinki, I ended a really long relationship. We traveled around the world. And it was like a beautiful relationship. It was like a, actually a beautiful breakup. We both knew it's going to end. And it was like, there was no bad feelings between each other. Mm. And I remember doing that relationship, but also doing my startup, there was still like this strong sense of natural masculinity. And after both failures, I tried to hide it and ignore it. And don't live up to it. And it was just a recent month through breath work and like through people I met that reminded me. And kind of like there was a lot of healing involved. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And my feminine energy is like, you know, my creativity, my um, openness to show feelings and mm. uh, embrace them as well. Yeah. yeah. Balance, finding and balance exactly. between yeah. them all the time. And I think it's a lifelong journey. Absolutely. For sure. uh, but one beautiful example like a bit funny maybe even is is at the moment that you have like the structure in your head and all the you know like um how this kind of podcast is gonna flow and i feel very confident and like uh, calm just to kind of uh, be here and speak when you ask something or i'm kind of um lit now mm-hmm. so this could be one kind of micro example of it how could how could it be flowing beautiful and actually now this is my my question because like now Some listeners would say, right, Kundalini yoga, it's all about feminine energy. How does it help me as a man? Mm. (laughs) And actually, actually many, many people from the yoga world would tell me at the moment that actually Kundalini yoga is very masculine practice as well, Mm -hmm. uh, because it has a lot of kind of um, structures and um, yoga sets, which are like um, pre, um, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't uh, create them by myself. They come from the, um, from the kind of, um, they are thousands of years old. Mm-hmm. And um, say email again. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, but uh, it's a thousands of years uh, old um, practice, which I kind of channel or uh, take forward. So I don't, um, in that sense, have have the creativity of, I, I need to create all the, Kundalini yoga sessions just by myself. I um, channel the exercises forward. So many um, tell it's a lot of repetitive, uh, strong movement. Mm-hmm. So it's more in the masculine. But um, I've recently um, structured it myself like that. That actually, as a teacher, as a Kundalini yoga teacher, I told tell you all the time that um, you know, keep it up make it like um, a bit stronger mm-hmm. and then listen to yourself um, uh, stop whenever needed and I tell them like um, both of them at the same time so it's a paradox uh, it's kind of what you hear in the situation um, if you're very um, masculine or orientated it can be that you're pushing forward very mm-hmm. very strongly and Or then you're just giving up or quitting or something like that. So it's kind of creating the relationship with the practice as well all the time when you're flowing. And I was very irritated by the mm. Kundalini Yoga in the beginning. And like, this is so strong and why I need to do this and I hate this. And it's <laughs> and, and then I was like, why do I don't 
take the breaks. Why mm-hmm. do I don't stop if I feel like I'm not, it's too strong and heavy and so on. So um, it combines also the both essences. Mm-hmm. And um, um, as a male, um, maybe if we want to make it th- this way, <laughs> uh, it's very simple. You don't need to do a lot of kind of strong acrobatics. You don't need to be very flexible or... Uh, so it's very easy access yoga in that sense mm-hmm. if you're not super afraid of mantras or the strong breath work. Um, and um, yeah, I think um, also loose and comfortable clothes are part of it, not the stretchy kind of... Um, you can do it in any any clothes, but it's it's kind of your, so that you're comfortable um, do, uh, during the practice. It's a very important thing. So um, also it it's like accessible in mm-hmm, many ways. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think there is a lot of um, also men in the studios doing Kundalini yoga. Um, it's not the, not the kind of, um, is this horrible to say, but you know, white chick in the looking yeah, kind of yeah. stereotype. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think this is what we always have to battle with, the stereotypes. Yeah. And um, so how was this for you? Because like, I remember when you told me about your 20s, it was very masculine driven, this ambition, and this mm. energy. And how was it for you to, can you say, rediscover your feminine energy and kind of like embrace this more? And like, yeah. Yeah. How was this process to kind of like deprogram this or like question things you've been doing all your life Mm. yeah practicing still Mm -hmm. this as well um but yeah it has a lot to like do with the the space i've created now the space beautiful space for me to just be Mm -hmm. and kind of feel the feelings and um have my emotions ongoing, taking care of myself, which is very much part of the feminine essence. I've taken space for that after a very long and strong period of uh, being with the masculine side of me. Um, So that's something very practical. Um, And whatever I will be doing next uh, in my life, if I have some kind of, you know, uh, nine to five structure at some (laughs) point, not sure though. Uh, It's not the only way for sure, but... um, I think I can now take with me the lessons learned to be in the kind of feminine and the more maybe also there is feminine is so cyclical, cyclical mm-hmm. so there is the passive paces and then there is the more creative and outgoing okay. paces and like we all know that but my uh, teachers have uh, written a beautiful book for example of the feminine uh, cyclical feminine mm-hmm. and um it's actually not only one cycle it has a lot to do with the um kind of your um uh, p- periods and that cycle but also when it comes to the um spring autumn mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. winter summer that cycle and everything that is on going on with the nature and then there is also astrology uh, is one perspective to the different cycles and Mm -hmm. the moon and so on day and night this one cycle there is actually very many cycles and uh, then as a uh, 
with the feminine, I try to kind of figure out how to be and live with the cycles, but it also gives a lot of uh, comfort in that sense that um, the cycles will kind of never end. They're always mm-hmm. there. And also we're all changing. All the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, I forgot what you asked, but... <laughs> no, it's perfect. This I is mean, what you got. <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> no, I think um, my question was, do you think... Have you, like, how would you say in your friend circle, not not doesn't need to be close, but also, like, second or third degrees friends, exactly, if you can call it like that, do you feel there has been a change that, you know, like we kind of like forgot these natural energies, women, like I said, like expressing, like having this feminine energy, this creative feminine life force and, you know, like, yes, acknowledging it and having the balance basically between masculine and feminine. We need both, of course. Mm. How how would you say is it like in your friends group, female friends group? Because I've not really, I've only known my sisters and, you know, some female friends, but how would you say, how would you experience this nowadays? Is it well balanced or is it like a off balance or? Mm, yeah, I think there is, uh, in society, there is a lot of um, storm mm-hmm. regarding these two kind of, uh, many times it can feel like, um, this kind of um there is a strong feminine feminism way mm-hmm. uh which is many ways good uh and um also i i feel like the whole society is trying to balance between now uh what is the old and what is the new and mm. what is a man what is a woman and what is uh when you're not a man or woman and then there is also the Feminine, very stereotypically as a pink and this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, and masculine mm-hmm. as a very toxic and strong yes, or something yeah. like that. And then there is the feminine and masculine uh, like energy or the, which is uh, like tr- uh, in all of the polarities. And uh, many times we mix these, when we discuss about these matters, we mix these uh, phenomena to each other. And um, many times I feel like what is the outcome? How can we create it so it benefits us as a humanity? Mm-hmm. It's not a like a fight or a war, and we could like create something beautiful together and put these um, energies together. I think if we would find that in many of the conversations, um, it could take us forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, and like, I think yeah, yeah, I think this is the the exact the beauty of it. To embrace the polarity of masculine and feminine is like the most beautiful thing because only when we embrace each other, we have like this immense potential to express, to create, not just like life in a biological fa- uh, form, but also like in all kinds of creativity and like really being tuned and, and playing out each other's strengths. And I think what um, you mentioned, like bad examples with toxic masculinity. And I think um, for me, I mean, I haven't watched much about him, but like one example, like bad is like, what's his name? This guy who got now in, in Romain, Romania, like Matthew Tate or something. What's his name? Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate, yes. Yeah. 
So if, oh, if wow. you listen to this and you're a fan of it, this is the wrong podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> But this is like the exact wrong example. Um, Absolutely wrong example. Mm -mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. It was a pretty, pr pretty sketchy stuff. But then yeah. again, like, this is what we have nowadays. It's like it's so easy for anyone to be loud. Mm. And then you have many people who are confused and then they find something and exactly. guidance and then... Yeah, anyways, now this is actually an unimportant person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do not let's give exactly. him more media space. So what would you say if someone is like now curious about Kundalini yoga, but it's like, oh, you know, still like, I don't know, spiritual stuff. Mm, yeah. <laughs> what would you tell this person to, what would you say like, you know, like, what's the worst thing that can happen if someone tries, for example, Kundalini yoga? Yeah. Um, maybe you get irritated <laughs> and uh, you find out that's not your thing. Yeah. So that's maybe the worst case scenario. Um, best way scenario or the best scenario would be that um, you kind of start to, you, you get the very comfortable and uh, feeling of freedomness kind of it can happen in a quick quick uh, time also many of my students who have been in the kundalini yoga um, practice um, doing it first time have uh, described that they have this special feeling uh, they haven't had in any other place or even yoga form uh, it's this kind of neutral place um, a bit kind of liberated place mm. and maybe if you practice it frequently you can start to find your self even more authentically and your inner voice and you start to live by it find your mm -hmm. dharma and um kind of stuff your soul came here to do mm -hmm. so what what is what do you say is dharma um yeah um i i like to think karma as mm -hmm. this kind of karmic stuff from um this kind of for example repetitive uh, On harmful stuff mm -hmm. we we are doing and the dharma is kind of the soul's purpose or the purpose you came here to do mm. and you need to go through your karma to break to the dharmic side wow so i think it comes from many spiritual traditions yes. this kind of uh division div to divide this like this yeah yeah, yeah. and um um yeah i'm very passionate passion about it to find my kind of highest potential highest potential do you also believe that we all there's like um a clear path we all have within us like a dharma um i think we can do many things in this mm -hmm. life um it's not right or wrong i think it's a potential It's not black and white. Uh, I think there is a it, there is a purpose for everyone, but it's not like the you know very practical that you need to I don't know bake breads. Maybe that's your purpose, but you you know it's <laughs> a more like a, how you live this life and how you what mm -hmm. is the intentions behind and there is something you can deliver to this mm -hmm. world. And uh, I think many people would be happy if they would find something that they can kind of deliver to this world. Beautiful. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. I just checked the time and like it 
time just flew by. It's now 55 minutes. Oh my God. Yeah. So we have uh, around 10, 15 minutes more. So before we actually do the Lumi check-in, is there about Kundalini, um, is there anything you would like to just mention that maybe inspires people to try it out or like connected to your journey? Yeah, um, I think it's one very good practice to connect with yourself, not the only one. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I speak about it because I'm teaching it. Uh, also, a lot of other beautiful and very good yoga forms or other spiritual kind of paths and so on. Um, so maybe nothing I need to say about it mm -hmm. more. Um, yeah. And overall, the, there is no right or wrong tools. There is different tools mm -hmm. and many, as we've noticed, exactly. many tools um, go to the, or take us to the same direction in that sense. So um, maybe no. Yeah, perfect. As I said, there are many methods out there and I think we just need to find the one that resonates with us and then, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Awesome. All right, now... We come to our Lumi check-in. So before the show, <clears throat> we did our Lumi check-in. We didn't... Oh, wait. Did you have another choker question for me? You had one already? Yes, but it comes in the Lumi section. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Amazing. So we did Lumi check-in just before the show. Um, we didn't talk about it. We said, like, we're going to do the Lumi check-in. And then we're going to talk about share uh, just our Lumi score. And then we're going to share about the highest and lowest and then the green lights. Mm. Um, would you like to start? All right. So you want to hear the lowest and the highest or everything? So uh, did you also cal did calculate the average of the Lumi score? No. That's fine. Let's, uh, <laughs> 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 Let's talk about the, um, the, low, like the highest Lumi score you, you gave yourself. All right, I give it to mental health and creativity. Okay. Yeah. Um, like said earlier in this discussion, um, I'm feeling very good, mm -hmm. feeling very guided, uh, very secured in many ways. Um, also feeling that my creativity flows. Mm -hmm. um, I have space and time, very privileged time in many ways because I don't need to work at the moment where I can just discover and to do things I find expiring, mm -hmm. um, inspiring. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's like um, very kind of this, this kind of optimistic, light, lighty, um, open-hearted and open-minded face in the life. And I'm very grateful of it. Mm -hmm. So, Wow. Beautiful. And, uh, well, I will share my highest and we can go to the lowest. Good. What's yours? So my highest uh, for last week, by the way, my Lumi score average is uh, 3.67. It's actually lower than the previous week, which was 3.89. But also, uh, speaking of the lowest, uh, yeah, my body health was a bit suffering last week. But my highest was uh, definitely friends and as well creativity. Mm. And for me, friends is just like, uh, yeah, Helsinki is such a sanctuary for me. It's like, 
Yeah, uh, the last 12 years, I've mentioned this, I've lived in seven countries, but Finland was the one with the longest I stayed, seven years, six and a half years. And um, yeah, for me, it was Finland also kind of an opportunity to really find to my true self and find amazing friends around that. And it's just beautiful to be always here. I'm so grateful to be in Helsinki and have beautiful friends. And uh, one green that was also actually our coffee walk last week. Yeah, it was very <laughs> it was good. Very nice. <laughs> it was very good. So sure. those were my highs, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> yeah, it so, was very good. And uh, lowest. Yes. Yeah. Um, my lowest is um, family, mm-hmm. which is three. Um, and it's neutral, I mm-hmm. think. And then career, mm-hmm. um, three. Mm-hmm. And I gave them because... Um, Like said, I have a lot, a lot of like kind of. I feel like I have a lot of prana and kind of. I want to do things, but I don't feel like it's now yet the time. But it's okay. still awaiting what's mm. gonna be next. Mm-hmm. So that's why I gave it um, not the great because um, in like traditional career wise, I'm not doing that many things at the moment. And family, I've had this kind of relationship um, reevaluation face overall mm-hmm. it's also part of therapy and um, family matters so um, I gave it three because there is still things I need to kind of face and yeah. go through and um, yeah those are my lowest what are yours beautiful thanks for sharing for me it was actually career and sleep both or two could be mm. better and career was this week a bit weird in a sense How to say it is, you know, like as remote work, I have maybe two, three hours a day to have some connectness with the people in Australia. And as lately, the length communication has become very a bit cold and robotic and very transactional. And for me, that hurts because mm-hmm. I think for me, a company is we're still humans and we're still it's uh, we don't have I, f- I find it so hard when people put on masks. And like pretend there's like this wall in between us, because like as soon as we do that, we stop having any meaningful relationships. You know, we don't have to become best friends or like you know friends for life, but just like hey, we are two humans mm-hmm. here, and this role we have it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I had a talk with the appropriate people, but um, yeah, let's see. I mean, for me, just something that hurts, and for me, it hurts. It's yeah. like you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. And then sleep, I mean, has been actually now uh, suffering the last week. It's just like I'm so sensitive to, even though it's amazing to have long days, but wow, I sleep really bad here in Helsinki. And this um, also affects my body health in a sense. So I think on Saturday, I had actually very light fever, but it's good now. Okay. But it's like, yeah, I, I notice it. When I my sleep is not properly, I it really affects mm-hmm. my body health, but also my mental health a bit. It's still good, but it's not actually neutral this week. It's just like everything falls down slowly. It's a cascade ribbon. You can you're fine maybe for one week, but if it's two weeks or three weeks, then kind of like my system breaks down. Yeah. Actually one of my questions was uh, I'm fascinated about mm-hmm. the Lumi and I want to kind of discover it more. Uh feels very practical for yeah. me as well. Like uh yeah. So uh when there is the night categories and if like um You uh, notice that your like uh, average is gonna going to drop, and have you been able to consciously kind of improve it uh, mm-hmm. and uh, like have some kind of breakthroughs through that you noticed that your Lumi score has been uh, mm-hmm. like decreasing? Like how how do you do it? Do you, do you 
take this nine categories yeah. and you're yeah. like, okay, this is bad now I need to do. And then you, I don't know, just do it or. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good question. I think also there was actually one uh, podcast listener asked about like, or would like to have a more deep dive understanding and how this helped me. So the important thing about the Lumi method is even though you do it, for example, every week, you can also do it every two weeks or every month. You don't, it's not like a, a thing that should get you anxious about, oh, the score is going down. It's more like an in being in the moment aware, how am I doing? Instead of just like living week by week and just like have no idea what's going on. Just like having 10 minutes a week to sit down and reflecting. And for me, actually, especially because career or like something meaningful and productive has one of the biggest impacts for all the rest of Loomis. And actually, if you do it once a long time, you see which categories impact you the most and have like this, you know, like cascade effect or everything else. Mm. And um, especially for career, it led me to making big decisions, changes. Also in friendships, it reflected me like, all right, um, wait a second, this is actually not a healthy friendship. And it helped me to kind of like understand it and have the courage to say like, all right, yeah, this is just not a healthy friendship. And then you stop engaging it in a sense. And that's okay. You know, mm -hmm. I think many people forget that they have to, this is what we talked in the early beginning. Yeah. It's like this, yeah, you're comfortable with this pain. You just like stick to it. You don't have to, mm. you know, not, it's fine. Sometimes let go. You let go. And especially with friendships or like romantic relationships, we always change and we always have to constantly reevaluate where are we now and not get stuck with the image we have been 10 years ago or five mm -hmm. years ago. Yeah. yeah. Those people who allow you to change and still kind exactly. of be yeah. there. And yeah. And especially, I don't know if you've noticed this in, in your life, but I think there's like, especially with friendships where they have like this image of you from five, 10 teenage years. Yeah. And they kind of like, it's really hard to be seen as who you are now. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And for me, example, 2020 and 2023 it's not so far far away mm -hmm. you know a lot of changes during that time so uh could say i'm of course the same but very different in yeah. many ways and how i think so a lot to keep up you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then again i think it's like the natural fear of humans have to be yeah everything is changing everything is just we can't hold on to things yeah, yeah. Even though we wish sometimes we want to. Yeah, only like thing which is going to happen for sure is the change. Exactly. And then to end on a positive note, what were your green lights in the recent times? All right. Um, well, I need to pick up a couple of these only. Um, I visited one, this kind of tippy festival called Natural High Healing mm. Festival, biggest in Scandinavia without no drugs or anything, uh, no alcohol. So that was very beautiful a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, I'm co-creating this festival. Ooh, uh, cool. Yeah, it's going to be in the woods uh, right. in autumn, which is great. A lot of um, uh, kind of people sharing same interest there. A uh, couple first um, longer trips with the boat. Yeah. I'm now boat and a car <laughs> owner, which is... Uh, <laughs> huge uh, kind of big thing for me mm -hmm. in that sense that um, I felt like I'm not able to do this kind of stuff and 
you know, women cannot own two motors, <laughs> motor vehicles or whatever. And yes, they can. Yes, they can. Uh, I've been dancing uh, more than during the springtime, which is lovely. Uh, and many times I've been very grateful for my daily yoga practice and Beautiful. how it has helped me. Amazing. Yeah. So nice. Yeah, for me, the green lights last week, I think you mentioned already, it was definitely one highlight. Uh, our nice coffee walk Yay. on the island it was beautiful. I got a bit sunburned in the end. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> it's my skin. It's very sensitive. <laughs> got it. Then with, uh, again, um, coding with my good, good friend, Niklas, we work together on Lumi. Um, and this has been also the one highlight. It's progressing really well. It's like one of this, yeah, it feels like there's so much... Um, energy coming from work, just working on it and um, my number one rule is like I need to have fun using it mm. if I don't have fun then you know like I wouldn't even dare to like show it to someone else I think that's my number one principle and um, oh wait a second oh yeah <laughs> I can't sometimes I can't read my own writing <laughs> beautiful uh, podcast feedback it's always so slowly um now even people write me, I I've never met in my life. <laughs> so that's amazing. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> it's for it's you. so cool. It's like, oh wow. It's meaningful. Yeah. And I think um it's a very, very yeah, it's it's a very dharma. Mm, yeah. <laughs> You're doing the right thing. Yes. Yeah. Emilia, we're coming to an end. Would you like to share uh where people can reach you? Where can because you're a yoga teacher as well? Yeah. Where they can, you know, find your yoga classes. I will also link them in the show notes, of course. For sure. Um, I'm quite active in Instagram. Emilia Ida Josefina is my um, title name there. <laughs> um, I'm going to have um, weekly Kundalini Yoga session starting uh, in autumn. Wow. Um, and, of course, workshops and stuff like that as well. Um, they will be in the Instagram at least. And let's see what else the life brings but there i'm updating it all so basically they will find you on instagram yes i'll put them in the show notes so awesome yes exciting i'm so good. so excited for you what it's to come i think you're gonna create wonderful things oh thank you so much Emilia, it was a pleasure to be here thank you so much it was so beautiful all right bye bye thank you. bye